Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast where we haven't once scripted an introduction. My name is Ben Cernick, and as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Ben, it's good to have you back. Uh, you had a solo episode. I had a solo episode. I don't know if I like the solo episode. It's You know what? I Every time I listen to a solo podcast before, I would always say, gosh, why is this person struggling so much? And then I did one, and I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah it is. is. It was a little scary. I had, I actually, not gonna lie, like I, I was pretending that I was talking to somebody oh, in yeah. order to try to articulate my thoughts as best as I could without, because as soon as I thought about me speaking, I was thinking about what I was saying and then I was going to mess it up. And uh, that's talking public speaking with uh, Golden Science <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> okay, Ben, but we actually have a pretty, I guess, like cool topic where we can bring in a little bit of science. And when I say a little, I mean a little because there's a, a shame shamefully there's not a lot of research in this and it's kind of embarrassing as a sport and position the lack of research into like a very like technical position that requires a lot of specific equipment or that research is just not available to the public i was gonna say public research is probably the better word yeah this this research is not available to the public because chances are most companies that do their own research if something bad happens they're not gonna show it and then we know we know we talked about hockey canada hockey usa don't like to do research because hockey is dangerous Oh, sorry. Hockey is very safe. But this is an opportunity that if anyone from Bauer, CCM, True, or otherwise uh, is is listening, we're available for science. Yeah, we actually, yeah, that's a serious thing too. So if anyone from a company or you know someone who's a rep, we, we would like to do actual science as actual scientists in hockey because we, we do that already sort of. And it'd be cool to do more stuff with goaltendings. But I was speaking, I spoke with a, a goalie, a potential client, and he had asked me, and he was an athletic trainer, and he had asked me to kind of dive into my thoughts as well as what literature I can find when it comes to your injuries and your equipment. And I thought that this was a really cool thing because I, I've, there is more and more talk about this stuff. Um, one, one notable one is there's a very prominent social media goalie who made a post about skate laces 
and how skate laces are superior to bungees. And he even said it's science, the fact that it causes less stress on your ankles. And me, whenever someone says it's science and then doesn't show any sort of science to prove it, uh, I did comment and I said, okay, like I would love to see this. Another goalie reached out and said, hey, there is a study. And I said, can you send it? And no study exists. And I searched the internet high and wide and I couldn't find any sort of research on it. But I digress. So essentially the question is today is, is the current equipment that we have causing more strain or more stress and more injuries? And is there anything that we can do about it? So Ben, I'm going to throw it over to you. I know we each found different studies talking about equipment and hip, like specifically hip and knee kinematics. But I'm just curious about your thoughts before we get into the actual evidence. Yeah. So first things first, um, it's always good for people to open up dialogues. So shout out again, I, Jimmy, you're more online than I am in this world. So good for you for kind of poking into that. But the one thing that's always important is we, we often people will use words like strain and stress when they're talking about things like even equipment or how it feels on your body. Those things have like math formulas and definitions for what they are right um and and so that's important like like stress being like how much elasticity something has how much, how much think about how much pull yeah a good way to put it right and uh like that's important and then understanding right because like it's also like the stress of the elasticity over the force of an area right so it's like there's actual science here when we talk about stress we talk about strain of something right so like if a bungee is stretching itself like when you think about you know the bungee toe ties putting your skate in the post if you're if that bungee is wedged between your pad and the post and it is pushing in the elastic the force is is going through the the bungee like your foot is secured in the pad right mm-hmm. and so as if your foot's not moving that all that stress and strain is through the bungee not through your ankle um, so the argument that people used and it's actually it's sort of correct it's sort of not at the same time it was the fact that when you are i guess in a butterfly or you go to catch your edge the elastic stretch of the pull on your ankle is causing tor like torque and more strain when in reality it's 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 just not you're more advanced in the biomechanics to me but than me but from from what my understanding would be is the elastic takes that stress more than the ankle would take that stress yeah versus the other thing skate lace the skate lace has no very little like uh tensile strength stretch or strain and well, so sorry it's it's strong it just doesn't have the same elasticity right so if you think about that yeah. formula the lace will have less elasticity which means that it reaches its maximum stretch threshold threshold earlier which means then something else if you know force needs to go somewhere it doesn't just disappear um, so it's going to go somewhere, whether that's up into the leg through the ankle or if it's going through the pad. But the thing that's the most important is, does this even matter? Yeah. And that's what right. I, like, but my next question would be is like, so I use both skate lace and bungees. I preferred mm-hmm. bungees towards the end uh, of my career, just because it felt good. Um, ultimately like the, 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 the strain, the difference of strain that we were talking about and the actual effect of your ankle is going to be so minimal. Very small. It, it doesn't really matter. And to be honest, if you hit skate on post in one like RBH, that's probably like, I, I guess I can't say a number, <laughs> but it's going to be a significantly more like higher amount of strain 
than what the elastic or skate lace is is causing on your ankles. So it really just comes down to personal preference. Yep. And so yes. and so people are like, oh, like you have to have a super massive gap in your toe because otherwise it's gonna no. It like to be honest, like it doesn't matter. And until someone runs the actual numbers, because these are all quantifiable things that we can yep. figure out. Until someone runs the actual numbers and does a pe- good peer review study, we don't have any evidence to say one is better than the other. It's a hundred percent personal preference. So, like again, if you're a list, your parent or you're a goalie or you're just someone that enjoys hockey and you're cruising through the internet and people say things, especially when they say it's science and never offer the science, they're usually just making it up. Yeah, and it's so like, we, yeah. you know, we try not to make things up, but we we like we get hot and heated sometimes with these things. Yeah, I mean, again, like you were a bungee person, I was a skate lace person only forever. Um, towards the end of my playing days, I had that like Bobrovsky level, like nine, nine knots worth of gap between my pad and my skate. So like my skate was a full foot behind my pad when I was in an RVH, it felt like, um, so it's personal preference, right? Like even on how much length between your skate and your pad is a personal preference thing. Right. And I had this conversation with one of our, one of our, one of our younger goalies that we had. Uh, maybe like a month ago or a month and a half ago. And that's all I said is like he had, he was wearing bungees really tight and kind of slipping off that RVH position. And I was like, you can keep using the bungees. There's nothing wrong with that. You just need to like throw a knot in there, like give some, give some gap. Yeah. I don't really um, know how the companies, some of the bungees work. I think, I think Brian's makes a bungee with a pre-built in gap. And I, I I've like seen that. that. I yeah. like that a lot. So I actually would put a, did I put a gap? I think I did put like a little knot in my bungees just to create a little bit more space just so I had a tighter wrap around the post but again it's just it's just preference so that that was one thing that that was asked to me another one I know that um like Trav we Trav and I talked about this and he had talked about it on his podcast where he had talked about the shape of goalie pads affecting basically you know just going the long way around it like butterflies equal FAI automatically and so is this because the shape of the pad so can you shape the pad so that you're essentially you're you're getting less internal rotation of your hips and there, there's a few things with this the first is that when it comes to pad shape and design yes things are always changing but it's the most efficient way to make a pad is currently what we have you know how like a lot of money goes into R and D for this, like a lot, a lot of money. Okay, so this is my example. You know how if you like look at a modern SUV, it doesn't matter what company it is, they all look the same. Yeah, so it's the same thing for goal equipment, right? Like when you have regulations in place, the same way there are for cars, like in regulations you place for goaltending pads, companies are going to quickly come to a shape, a structure, and a quality and material type that optimizes what they can do in the regulations for what they understand at the current time the same way that yeah. cars are going to all kind of look the same you could have like a, a graphic list pad and you wouldn't know what company it is a lot of the time right yeah they they like who was it derek derek was watching one of my goalies and he's like your goalie that was wearing ccm a lot i was like he's actually just wearing true yeah <laughs> i was like he's not wearing ccm i don't know which goalie yeah. you're talking about uh but so let's look into actual research. So I found a study, you found a study. This is by uh 
Widgets and colleagues, um, a mandated change in goalie pad width has no effect on ice hockey goaltender hip kinematics. So this would have been around the 2006-2007 season. Uh, for those that are older like us, we used to wear 12-inch pads and the rules you change to allow for 11-inch pads. And this was probably the, the best thing for goaltending because it allowed you to move so much more. And everyone thought there's going to be way more goals against and then goals against just suddenly went down because everyone was more athletic. But few things to note here is that they took in their study they took 45 asymptomatic so asymptomatic of fai volunteers uh they also did um some radiographic findings and found that um basically uh 73 had an abnormal hip radiographic finding compared to the population and 69 percent had evidence of uh labral tears so this goes back to our discussion where like Basically, like all of us ha- at a goalies have some degree of FAI, but around 80% is asymptomatic. So like when people are like, oh, I have FAI. Well, does it hurt? Well, no. Okay, then you can't do anything about it. Don't worry about it. But essentially, they wanted to study the effects of ground impact. So your knees hitting the, the, the blocks and the ice in a butterfly. And if that changed between a 13 and a 12-inch pad. Uh, so to summarize it, no, there was no difference. So that's so a put that one out there. But one thing I did find was in- interesting that the peak impact occurred just before the peak intern hip internal rotation, meaning that in the butterfly, when your knees hit the ice or the pad, your, your, your knee block, excuse me, you are not at maximal internal rotation. You then enter internal rotation, whether that is from the force, they didn't stay, but that's from the force of the impact or after as well. So I thought that was a really important thing because we often associate that butterfly with maximal internal rotation. We also know from a previous study, uh, Whiteside and colleagues out of the University of Michigan, that the butterfly is not the most stressful position on the hips. So that's something to keep in mind. And especially when we look at um, design of goalie pads, if the butterfly is the least, it does not cause the most amount of impact, does it really matter? Because we know that the most amount of impact or force and the hip causing FAI is from stopping uh, with our lead leg in internal rotation. We can, we do that. You don't have to have any gear on. You just have skates on. You're going to get that same amount of force. So again, it begs the different, the question is, does it really matter the shape and size of our gear if it's not actually the gear or the butterfly that's causing the problems? Jamie, I'm going to play a quick game. I want you to name some sports that kids play. And I'm going to tell you if there is research showing that there is FAI as early as like 13, around, we'll say around 13. Name some sports that kids play. I'll let you know if that for competitive people, if we start to see FAI. Go. I already know the answer to this, but we're going to have soccer. Yep. Yes, there is. Boys and girls. Baseball. I actually don't know about baseball. I was waiting for you to say that. But well, actually, I don't know baseball, baseball because we could get into the elbow argument, but we'll come back to that later. Uh, rugby. Yep. Uh, tennis. Oh, probably. But okay. yeah, but think again. So soccer, yeah, hockey, football, football, rugby, skiing. Add that one to the list. Um, oh, I forgot what skiing is actually like a lot of inter- so dangerous. Oh, well. That's neither here nor over there. But the point is, like, we keep, I mean, the hockey community loves to bring up FAI. We love to bring it up as this idea of, like, an equipment thing, a training thing. The reality is, is we probably need to look at it for someone who doesn't have any pain or discomfort 
as a natural adaptation to the demands of your sport, right? Yes. If you need to stop your force flying out at any type of speed, the force, like we just talked about with the bungees 10 minutes ago, the force needs to go somewhere and up the chain through our body. It goes into our the heads of our femur, the big bone that connects into our hip. That's not super surprising. Like if you think about the way the body is shaped, I'm like, yep, that, you know, math is mathing. That makes sense. So it's like that in every sport. I think about when you yeah. said tennis, I just thought about tennis. When you like, if I think of like, like, you know, Federer lunging for a ball and his toe is internally rotated in his lunge and he stopped, like you're going to have, you know, bony adaptations to force when you play something your entire life. And that is just, is what it is. And so, yeah, so it's one of those ones. Okay, so then I know you found another study. So how about you talk about that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, so this one is one of the big ones um, that people like to talk about when we think about more modern equipment. So this is a study from 2017 by Ryan Frain and James Dickey. Um, it's called Quantifying Ice Hockey Goaltender Leg Pad Kinematics and the effect that different leg pad styles have on performance. Uh, and so Jamie kind of mentioned it before, but kinematics is our understanding of the movement of our body and specifically in this paper, uh, the joints around our knees, our hips and our ankles as we're going through these motions. And so this paper pulled a bunch of goalies between 16 and 20 who all played at least a high enough level of junior. So they weren't pulling random goalies, random people who had never played hockey. They were taking goalies, putting them in different types of pads and making them do butterflies and tracking what was happening. Basically, the, the difference between the pads was how much, like how tight they were around the knee. If you wore them really loose, so your knee wasn't always connected to the knee block. If your knee had space between the knee block, if you had a tight calf wrap or an open leg channel. Do you remember when like every pad tried to go open leg channel for a while and there's like nothing back, like really wide free box back in the day? Oh, they were so wide. I actually always kind of liked the wider knee channel. It was more comfortable for me. But I think that's just because I wasn't super flexible. And so yeah, it gave but- me a little bit more freedom. But now so many pads are like such tight calf wraps. Eh? Anyways, that's not that's not the point of this. Um, <laughs> so they did this and basically what the study found across the different types of pads is that there's there are very, very, very small differences between the type of pads. But that just makes sense. If your knee is not connected to the knee block as you start butterflying, your knee has to travel farther. Your hip will have to rotate more. But the important thing is here, we're talking like four degree differences like these tiny, tiny little differences that you would not be able to see with your eyes at all um, in any of the conditions from whether it was dropping into a butterfly or recovering, getting up from a butterfly. And so 
I really like this study. I think it's really cool to just kind of demonstrate that, yes, different pads will have slightly different ways of allowing you to move. So find one that makes you move comfortably, right? Because there are small differences. And that's what you, you you brought it up earlier, Jimmy, about trying to find something that's comfortable. And that's where I think the results of this study really go is that I think it's worthwhile. And I think, other than the earlier study you mentioned, like when it comes to equipment, it needs to feel comfortable to you because the differences probably are really small when we look at like these objective ways of measuring things, right? Yeah. Was there a p-value given in that study in terms of statistically significant when it came to like the three and four percent differences? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's like, so there's like some statistically significant findings. So for example, um, goalies perform significantly, significantly being statistically significantly. So for those who are listening and aren't familiar with some statistics, even though it's all I talk about, um, basically what this study found is that, you know, maybe it probably wasn't a random finding. It probably is, is more than likely to be a true finding, um, that goalies who are wearing like tighter pads. So tighter wrappings had a slightly faster butterfly. And if we're talking about how much faster, uh, 3.05 meters per second versus three meters per second. So very, very so you're looking at a 1.5% chance. And that's like when you have changes that are that small, that, that non, like, again, just not that big of a deal. You have to honestly start thinking, eh, that's probably within a measurement error range anyway. So it probably doesn't matter. Right. And so that's important when we don't find differences that allows you to stick with something that you're comfortable with. Or if you're not loving the way your pads are moving, you know that other options are going to provide different ways to move. So if you're not loving how you're feeling the ice, it's an, it's a reason it's like, oh, if I do change, there will be a small difference. Will I like it? You got to find out. Okay. So that's, so with what we have right now, what the evidence shows, again, comfort is the most important, but essentially it's not really the equipment causing these issues. A lot of these issues are, you're going to get structural changes from playing sports. Some people are going to be more prone and adapt to injury. And then we also have to look at the, what are you doing? Like, what is your training volume on yep. and off the ice? You know, are you doing RVHs all the time or are you only skating once a week? And the like, are you taking breaks? So there's so many things that go into it. And that's why it's like, it's actually impossible to predict an injury, but let's, let's talk about things we don't have some evidence for. Let's, let's say like it, Ben, is there a, if you were to design a goalie pad, that was going to reduce the stress on someone's hip. Is there a way to do it without messing up the mechanics of playing goaltending or playing goalie? I think the simplest way to look at it right now is like you just give like a blanket statement. The blanket statement is is no, right? It's the same way. And I really like this comparison is I think we need to start looking at it the way we look at running shoes, right? You look at like elite performers, like elite marathon runners, they have these ridiculous shoes right like the carbon plated insoles um that provide like a four percent increased running economy so people are able to run a little bit faster but those shoes are not incredibly comfortable because they have a very specific design so we have to look at it that way right if you're trying to be a top performer in hockey you're trying to be the best goalie you can be you almost have to in this equation evaluate what is going to be the best thing for performance 
And that's why we have these designs. That's why companies create the best pads for performance. Now, if you're someone who's just playing entirely for fun, then you can get the fluffiest knee blocks in the world. Make a triple stack knee block where when you butterfly, your hips don't even move. You're basically in a butterfly standing up, right? You can do those custom things. You can't do that stuff if you play college. If you play, well, you probably could get away with it in junior, but a ref one day would notice. They'd probably be like, what's going on with those? But I'm not sure they'd call you out for it. Yeah, so I, I started to think of how I, if I was to design it, and I think CCM's done it where they had that D30 foam on the knee blocks in order to absorb some of the stress. But again, ultimately it's like, so say the D30 decreases half a percent into the amount of stress per butterfly if you just did one less butterfly a day it would equate to a difference of like 200 butterflies that you're saving so it's it's ultimately like you know does it matter but then they think of like sports that have actually implemented things in order to like adjust to injuries like baseball specifically and pitching and we talk about this all the time they don't make kids pitch with lighter balls they don't make kids pitch with braces they don't try to change the mechanics of pitching for a kid you know what they do man they move the distance jamie and put a pitch count yeah and they just make them pitch less in pitchless distance this is actually hold on yeah. are you this is my big my big rabbit hole and this is where i got my tinfoil hat on <laughs> oh, no, let's hear it I mean, hockey is, like you said, we're, we, we talked about this before in a previous episode. We like how Hockey Canada implemented like rink adjustments for smaller kids. Great decision. <laughs> um, we just put like a three foot four goalie in a six foot net. Why do we do that? <laughs> uh, I think USA Hockey does have smaller nets for smaller kids now. Canada does too, but like they turn nine. They're not five foot 10 now. They're still like four feet tall. So we need like three or four sizes of nets. That's what I was getting. That's my that's my tinfoil hat thing because I think baseball. I don't think is that's a tinfoil hat though because I think that that's reasonable. Just like in soccer, you have a smaller pitch for smaller kids. Like again, it's all it's all relative, and I think it would be more. I think it'd be better skill development for players too, if like your your nine year old kid can just flip it over a goalie and score, whereas if they have to have a challenging shot, now you have to learn to beat the goalie. And I I, I don't think that's a tinfoil hat. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I know we are very archaic in hockey when it comes to changes and stuff, but yeah, honestly, when it comes to reducing the amount of stress, like it's more of a load management thing than it is uh, equipment. Just like, you know, you have guys that will play, you'll go on the ice five times a, a week, and then they'll also go on their knee pads and their slide boards and just do a million butterflies as they're off ice training. And then they wonder why they're hurt. When it's like, hey man, have you ever done like a, a lunge or a squat? I'm like, nah, man, I just do just do slide board power pushes. I only start in a butterfly and then jump to my feet from my butterfly. No, no. um, butterfly first. I'm sorry, pretty butterfly. I was like, which trainer I saw this from? And they did post it, and I saw it at the background of a clip, and I sent it to you. But start in your butterfly with a barbell, and you go butterfly power clean to your feet, and then when you do the jerk, you jump down and slam your knees into the ice and it might have been the dumbest dumbest thing it's super dumb (laughs) yeah so yeah that's the we talk about equipment jamie and i were talking about before we started recording jamie and i when we were growing up biggest equipment heads in the world would spend hours talking about equipment designing equipment and then you get to a point where you and again like i think when you were playing when i was playing like i I had one strap on my pad by the end of my career. Like I had two laces, a knee Velcro and a single 
leather strap that held my knee block in place. That was it. Um, and, so, and that's kind of now what all pads are doing. But, you know, Jamie, we were the first, bro. We were, we were innovators, yeah. For sure. A lot of people were saying that. But yeah, people so, are saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Which people? I don't know. Just people. Ah, don't worry about it. Uh, but the point here is that, like, for people who grew up loving equipment and think it's so important, I think it's, I think I hope people can take away the fact that have faith in the companies that are doing this because their teams are excellent. Like the gear that is designed now, holy cow. Um, like if you want something funny, and again, I think what what velocity pad are we on? Are we in the V10 in Vaughn? Oh gosh. Are we maybe probably V11? Are we no, old? Yeah, this we're old. Um, but if you want to see something funny, or even actually we can make this even more modern, right? So I ended my career wearing um total ones, Bauer total ones. So that's 2015. Go look at like the Bauer mock. Go look at yeah. I have some hyperlights in my in my yeah. office. Yeah. Go look at that Z block compared to seven years ago, and tell me that we aren't trying to make a butterfly a better position because the knee block in the mock, the hyperlight or whatever is like yeah. so much thicker and better foam than when I played. You know, to 2016. Yeah, and right? I think and then and like you know, this comes down. To- we don't want to get down the big rabbit hole or say, I was going to say like the, the big pharma and the big thing, but everyone's like, everyone wants to jump on the conspiracy bandwagon and everyone wants to be like, oh, it's the pad. It's just, you have to like, think about it rationally. Like, so a company like Bauer or CCM or True, they they are a business. They are there to create, to make money, money for themselves, money for their shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. They have very, very smart engineers and biomechanists that work for them. And if there's a way that you're, they're going to, significantly reduce the amount of force in a goalie that goalie like puts on their body while still keeping that structure of the pad intact they will do it because they will make a lot of money from it because if bauer comes out with hey our pad reduces stretch on your knees by 50 percent i can assure you that everyone is going to buy that pad and is especially if they patent it because it will be proprietary so these companies are trying and they're adapting they also have limitations based on equipment size and stuff and demand that the NHL can will give. So they are doing what they can to make the safest, most effective gear possible for everyone. And as they progress, they're going to find little tweaks and changes. But ultimately, I don't think much is going to change unless some sort of science comes out that we're unaware of. But they're trying. They're, they are trying. So I understand that not really the pads, it's it's more, it's it's a training and load management. And we've talked about load management many, many times. We'll talk about it many more times because it is really important and not enough people take it seriously. Yeah, right. And so again, I think the, the, the summary here is I like to pull, again, there's a lot of literature on running shoes, a lot, a lot of science on running shoes. And what we get time and time again is like the best recommendations is that unless you are like an elite, elite performer, comfort comes first how you feel yes. comes first right i'm sure there are some pros now who are like you know this pad isn't perfectly comfortable but i feel good in it when i'm moving around that's why i switch pads all the time you'll see guys switch equipment whether that's you know superstitious or they're just like i just don't like how this feels and yeah. that's what matters the most ultimately right. that whatever you're most comfortable in you're comfortable and confident right and, mm-hmm. and again knowing that that is the most important then you know, as it becomes more and more serious, then you more percentage goes towards that performance, right? Like, sure, you know, pad X is more comfortable, but I can't RVH worth anything in it. 
right? Or it over rotates on a certain play. That's yeah. when you know, right? But for the most part, Warrior. For, <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. If anyone wants to send me a pair of ritual G6s, I will wear them. I will test them. <laughs> I will give you my thoughts. Uh, but yeah, understanding that it's that balance between performance and comfort and you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to be butterflying so many times. You're going to be RVHing so many times. You better feel comfortable in them. Don't worry about what the internet is saying about your toe ties. It's okay. Feel comfortable. Feel confident. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what the best recommendation I would give. That's what I'd give as a goalie coach. That's what I would give to someone who is coming in to see me on a healthcare setting. Right. Mm -hmm. So cool. Um, Jamie, one last thing I was going to say, and now it's completely blown my mind. So what an ending, what a, what a great way to, yeah. What a, what a, what a climax there. So, well, we can wrap it up. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. We might, uh, potentially have a sponsor, Ben and I, we want to make sure as, as Ben is a super cynic and I myself is a little more optimistic, uh, probably more nihilistic, but a little optimistic. Um, we want to make sure that anything that we promote and anything, especially if we collect a percentage of it is something that we truly believe in. So we will talk about it a little bit more, but we are going to test a few products, um, in terms of sports performance and goalie performance and put it through the rigor. Ben fortunately is in a, uh, department with a lot of very, very smart people in this exact, um, setting. So we will have a future episode breaking this down, uh, and, and maybe collabing, but if it's something we like, we'll talk more about it and we'll, we'll provide a discount to everyone. If it's something we won't, then I'll, we're actually going to talk about what we didn't like about it because the company gave us permission. And I think that that's really cool that they believe in their product uh, enough to let us speak freely about it. But um, any final thoughts, Ben? Yeah. Uh, hit that subscribe button to whatever service you're listening to. Um, as someone who actually has to look at the analytics behind this, it turns out it does matter. Um, so we appreciate everyone who's been subscribing, listening, commenting, and sharing. Uh, we are officially the people now who just say this nonstop. So we've become the bad person. We're part yeah. of the problem. It does, yeah. Just help share it. it. It does help a lot. Like we said, we you know we don't make any money from this yet, but we do love talking about this, and we do love you know um, kind of disproving misinformation and providing insight with research and uh, you know opinions when it's it's needed and trying to provide evidence whenever we can but we genuinely look i look forward to doing this podcast every single day or every single week so uh like subscribe give us a comment share it with a friend share with a goalie partner you know whatever it takes and thanks again for for spending a good 45 minutes with us until next time jamie hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.